Hello, Lion Cook Nation. This is Ray DeLucci with the Lion Cook Thoughts Podcast. And on this episode, I interview the founder of True Cooks, Chef Chad Minton. Uh, he is also a co-owner of Spiceology. And he is someone who... Um, just it, This conversation really just blew me away. Uh, because I had a sense of what True Cooks was. But then when I started to get into Instagram more and more, I really started to like, notice True Cooks and... I really thought it was just like a, a clothing company at first, which, I mean, which it is a lifestyle brand, um, but I didn't know to the extent of where it reached and seeing how many followers it has on Instagram and how many followers he just has across all platforms, you know, a quarter of a million cooks follow him across all of his platforms. And, um, you know, it's just seeing the reach that one chef, one cook can have and the impact they can have when they put their mind to something is something that I preach about a ton on the podcast. It's something I'm so passionate about. It's something that I, I've noticed that a lot of people can do. And I'm not the first to say this, and I won't be the last one to say this, but I definitely want to be someone who promotes what uh, Chad does in terms of building your own brand, building your own successes, doing something that isn't just for a restaurant, doing something that you can do for yourself too, building your own person and building your own personality so that you're able to differentiate yourself and have different passions, not putting all your eggs into one basket so that you only get happiness from one part of your life. You need to spread it out so you can be happy when one thing doesn't go well on one certain day. Um, and so I really think Chad Minton has been an example of someone who's been able to do this really well. Uh, he is an entrepreneur among chefs. He's someone who you can not only look up to for great content, but for some great business examples, uh, examples of how to do business as a chef and someone who is navigating this terrain and what it means to be a chef in 2019, someone who is making deals, making the big adjustments and making the necessary changes in his life and in his business opportunities in order to grow and remain relevant. I mean, he's been growing True Cooks for so many years now. Um, and with the addition of Spiceology, uh, the f- fastest growing spice company, according to Forbes, uh, he's really just taken off and really just showed the world like what he can truly do. And I mean, his journey's far from over. It's he's growing every day and he's doing really well with everything he's doing. And like I said, the reason I wanted to have him on is because I just know a lot of you look up to him and I'm sure almost everyone that follows me has followed True Cooks a lot longer. Um, I'm relatively new to this podcasting space in this Instagram social media world. And I know he's been someone that you all have been looking up to for for quite some time. And I want to pay honor and tribute to someone who, you know, has opened up the gates for chefs to go into social media. I mean, without True Cooks, like, you know, I mean, there's a lot of cooks out there who have found it okay to do things on social media because of what Chad has done, uh, whether it be designing for cooks or speaking for cooks or making memes for cooks, like, or even making motivational videos for cooks. Like, he does it all. And, um, yeah, like I said, he's just someone who connects really well with the industry. I wanted to have him on. I wanted to have a conversation. I wanted to get some advice for myself, but I also wanted to have that shared. Um, I really just wanted to... Uh, to show that uh, you can cook, but you can also do something great. And there's a story that I wanted to share um, and a story that I was shocked at in a positive way uh, than it was Chef Chad Mittens. So I'm very excited for y'all to hear this. I'm very excited for y'all to just hear this story of success in business and entrepreneurship in the food industry as a whole. Um, So without further ado, we'll get into it. Thank you so much, Chef, for coming on. It means a ton. Um, Thank you so much to everyone that's been supporting and listening to the podcast. I've been getting a lot of uh, great... um great messages lately uh a lot of people messaging me and just you know thanking me for the podcast and getting people on like chef chad mitten um and honestly i just have to thank all the guests that have been on so far including chef chad i mean it's been a great fortune of mine to be able to do this i've felt so uh so grateful for this opportunity to be talking with people like him and it's all thanks to them it's all thanks to the people that listen every week um it truly means a ton and uh yeah without further ado let's get into the episode and i hope you all enjoy All right, well, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, if you just want to introduce yourself uh, and tell us a little bit about who you are, that'd be great. Well, thank you very much. My name is Chad Minton. I'm the creator founder of a company called True Cooks. I'm the co-owner of Spiceology. And for the past 27 years, I've been a cook and a chef uh, 
internationally, domestically, uh, worked for Ritz-Carlton Hotel Group and uh, uh, Hyatt International for the majority of my career. Okay, awesome. I mean, there's so many questions I have, so many places to start, I guess. We'll start with an easy question or, I guess, something small to get going. What uh, what food excites you right now? Like, is there a certain culture or cuisine that's, like, really interesting you at the moment? Yeah, man. You know, good question. You know, for the for the longest time, <clears throat> it's it's nothing new, really, but just unpretentious, authentic, uh, simple street food. Okay. And what about street food? Like, just gets you excited. I, I think the honesty of it. You know, I mean, as chefs, you know, you spend a lot of time manipulating food, and and you know, depending on the capacity that you work. You know, it's it's nice to be able to get away from that and just have something that tastes good that isn't over chefed. Okay, yeah, I hear I hear you on that. Um, I find I'm starting to when I first started culinary school, I was very into like fine dining and you know the extreme ends of fine dining and whatnot. But as I've started to get more and more through my culinary career, I just like food that tastes really good, and I don't really have to worry about eating in terms of like, am I eating it properly or is there a certain like you know, procedure to eating it. I just like to go and sit down and have a really good meal, however that might be. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I think it's important, you know, for a young cook to, you know, strive to work at the best and to learn the best, but that doesn't have to define you. You know, I think that, that there's segments of your career or of a cook's career, you know, that, that isn't, a hundred percent black and white, but I think that there's certain steps you can go through that are going to make you successful and give you the tools you need to be able to earn a decent living in what we do. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Uh, and I guess going off that, like, so I want to get, you know, like what, before I start going to career, what spawned the like true cooks? So like, I feel like, I don't know, like what made you decide all of a sudden to create something for cooks but also create a business that you could potentially like, you know, that could help you with either finances or it could help you get more exposure. Uh, like what was that process like when you were just like starting out and thinking about doing it? Well, I mean, true cooks was never about me, you know, and, and, and I, I purposely stayed kind of behind the curtain for the first several years. Um, for no other reason than I didn't want it to be perceived as a, as a vanity project uh, which would have immediately made it the stupidest thing in the world. Uh, <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I, I purposely stayed away, you know, behind, behind the curtain for a while. And, and really, I think what the motivating factor was is that it just occurred to me that, you know, oh, my God, like cooking is, is, is not just a job. You know, being a chef is, is, is a lifestyle choice. And it's something that is going to affect every decision you make you know, for better or worse, for the rest of your life. Yeah. And, you know, there's re there's really more commonalities in all of the various disciplines of professional cooking than there is differences. And that's really what I wanted to celebrate with True Cooks. You know, when we came out, we did a thing called From the White House to the Waffle House. <laughs> and, 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 and it really does typify the True Cooks followership. I mean, we've got a combined following all platforms of a quarter of a million chefs and cooks all over the world, all walks of life, all experience levels. We have folks that are very new to the industry like yourself, and we have folks that are very old to the industry such as myself. And I think the raddest thing about it is, is that we're seeing folks leverage that and create opportunities for themselves, whether it's jobs or, you know, networking, uh, stages, you know, we've seen people get married off of connections they've made with True Cooks. We've seen babies be born from connections that have been made through True Cooks. Wow. You know, I mean, I, I, I hired my last sous chef, uh, uh, Poncho, uh, strictly through meeting him at two different True Cooks meetups and was like so impressed with his attitude and his positivity. And, you know, as it turned out, he's one of the best guys I've ever worked with. Really? Yep. That's that's insane. I mean, obviously, I, I started Blind Cook Thoughts uh, a little over six months ago. And um, already there's so many, like, people I've met. Um, like, I got to, like, 
go to like EMP with a friend of mine, Justin, who I met through. Uh, like, nice. So I got to go to all these like just these random meetups where I met people that have sent me new bits of information, which have let me like interview other people, and it's just like I'm making so many connections and I'm seeing so many things unfold. I'm getting messages from cooks. Like, you know, hey, I really enjoy the podcast. Like, keep it up. There's some people asking me for advice. And, like, awesome. I guess, like, how like, – you're, like, you're infinitely larger than I am. How um, how do you balance it all? How do you balance knowing that you – know, I mean, you, you, you're following – last time I checked, what was it at? Uh, on Instagram, it's at 155,000 for True Cooks. Like, how do you balance, like, having, like, the responsibility of being a voice for so many cooks? That's, that's a great question, man. And, you know, it's something that I battle with regularly and have since we started this. And it's extremely difficult to be everything for everybody, especially when you're talking about a profession, a trade as diverse as ours is. You know, we had just mentioned from the White House to the Waffle House, you know, you have to realize that the restaurant hospitality industry is the second largest employment sector in North America behind the government and all of its many factors. So you're talking about literally millions and millions and millions of radically diverse people coming from radically different backgrounds with radically different motivations. But what is the thing that connects us all? Is, is that we're creating sustenance for people. And as long as you don't lose sight of that simple fact, I think you're doing the right thing. You know, I, historically cooking, our profession has really um, been a hierarchy. And with that, and with that comes food snobbery, looking down on people, all of those negative things that kind of separate you from the next guy I didn't want to have those stigmas attached to true cooks. I wanted it to be positive. And, and like you just said, you know, you're getting inundated with opportunities. And, and, and that's really what cooking or being a good cook, a big part of it, you know, by saying some snarky comment on a chef's roll post. I immediately, I immediately know that I would never hire that guy that just put his two cents, you know, snarky critique in on an otherwise beautiful dish. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it can create opportunities for you, and it can also create limitations for you, depending on how you use social media. So just like any other tool in your knife roll, you know, be aware of that. Okay. So could you repeat, I guess, that example one more time? It cut, for some reason, it cut out in the beginning. The example of uh, like comment on the dish. Oh, well, I see frequently people make a snarky comment on, say, like a, a chef's roll or a soigné foods you know, post pointing out, you know, something that may or may not have been done wrong on an otherwise beautiful dish. And I immediately know that that's not the kind of person I'd want to hire. Mm. I immediately know that that's not true cooks. You know, I mean, you need to create an atmosphere of support and understanding, you know, the days of running a, a, a tyrant style kitchen are long, long gone. And, and I've worked in those settings, Ray, I'll tell you what, you, working out of fear is the worst, worst, worst thing that you can do to yourself or your brigade. Yeah. I mean, I've, there's only one kitchen I've ever worked in that's been like that. I've been very lucky to have mentors and leaders and bosses who have been very uh, forward thinking and, you know, very fair. Only one time I was in a place uh, a couple years ago where I worked out of fear you know um and like i i couldn't imagine the industry like 20 years ago because like there's so many like beautiful ways of like expressing yourself now and just being kind to others but i I mean it's still a tough industry like regardless but to have that industry that's so tough on top of having to deal with fear every day i mean that's just something that i i don't know i i'm happy that i get to cook in this era yeah, man, you know, I, that's a really good observation, Ray. And, and, and I think that historically, you know, my generation, when, when I was your age, you know, 20, 20, little over 20 years ago, I, I think that we were probably the last generation of cooks in North America to have that old school kind of bullshit 
about that same time, hu- hu- human resources kind of kind of got their teeth into some some practices. Some labor laws were set. Some th- a lot of things changed nationally um, to to kind of kind of change the conversation a little bit. But yeah, I was just talking to a couple of guys my age, and we were lamenting over you know the stuff that we used to have to go through and. And granted, that wasn't as bad as the generation before us or the generation before us. You know, you need to have perspective and understand that, you know, 150 years ago before the restaurant revolution, you know, cooks and chefs, they were working for, you know, monsieur or madame at the house. And we were basically indentured slaves. So, you know, and a lot of people don't have that perspective. Yeah, I mean, in our in our in our trade. Yeah, I mean, I've. Well, something I've been doing with the podcast. Oh, I just started. I did an episode on Scoffier, um, and I just like oh great, great him and like just seeing what he like what he had to deal with and what he kind of pulled the industry out of in itself was a nightmare. Like no organization, like really filthy kitchens, cooks just mass scrambling from one dish to the next as a whole unit instead of having different state. Like I couldn't imagine working in that. Like so, it's been crazy. Like it's. It seems like a long time ago, but it's been pretty quick for our industry to evolve, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I find it interesting. And I, I don't know, I think it's cool that you have these perspectives that, um, you know, because you've been in the industry a long time and I feel you could be like, because you've like dealt with that stuff, you, in another life, you could sit, be like, oh, I dealt with all this, you have nothing to worry about, but it seems like you're empathetic with the cooks nowadays. And like, even though, yeah, it might not be as difficult, you know, with like the fear and whatnot. It's still a very challenging industry to be in. And I think that's why True Cooks connects with so many people. Well, look, man, you know, the, the first, you know, 15 years of your career, it's all about you and how much you can learn, how much you can grow as a cook and a chef and to start climbing that 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 ladder. And, and once you reach you know, chef de cuisine, and then, you know, ultimately executive chef, it changes very quickly. And once you become executive chef, I promise you, it's no longer about you and what you can do. It's about your team and how you can motivate them and throw light on them and make them feel good about what they're doing and have a fun, have a fun uh, uh, kitchen atmosphere you know, have a good, make people excited to come to work, make them sad when it's time to go home, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and it's about all of the people that work for you, not you. And it was kind of that mentality that I went into true cooks with, you know, I wanted to be able to throw light on people that ordinarily don't get light. And, and I think it just really resonated with people and they, and they got it right away. Okay. Awesome. So uh, I want to start out with like, so did True Cooks, because I don't know this and I just want to like ask, did True Cooks start out as a clothing brand or did it start out as a website? Like how did it, how did you actually start getting a following, I guess? Well, I think the following was, was really good timing because we hit Instagram pretty early on um, before they started playing with the algorithms and stuff. So so we had a, a organic, natural following, which I don't think you could get that result starting something similar today now that Facebook owns it. But uh, what it started as was back in 2008, I was the executive chef of the Ritz-Carlton in LA. And uh, I worked with a friend of mine from San Francisco. Uh, He's a graffiti artist named Al Fresco. Uh, He's the original diamond supply artist also. And we drew, he, had, he and I, over like a six-month period, finalized that True Cooks logo. And my intention initially was to make um, hard, hard goods, knife rolls, aprons, um, uh, chef's jackets. And I spent about six months with a designer in downtown Los Angeles making patterns, chef's jackets, the knife, the knife roll, uh, and then I kind of naively started looking at production costs for these things. And I immediately realized that I couldn't afford it. So I shelved the whole thing, you know, and I had labels made and like woven, woven labels made and, and, and everything. But we just we never made anything. So I shelved the idea. And about four years later, um, my wife and I are living in New York and 
some of my friends in the skateboarding industry were like, yo, you should bring back that true cooks idea, but do it as a lifestyle brand. And, you know, Instagram had just started popping off. The timing was really right. So we just started it. You know, I shot all of the original material for, you know, um, uh, content from True Cooks was all shot at the Ondas Fifth Avenue uh, in Midtown Manhattan. You know, most of my cooks are in the, uh, or my former cooks are all the models, you know, uh, and a lot of the kitchen photography, um, you know, the stack paper image. I actually put all those tickets up myself and then took the, t- took the ticket stack home at dinner, um, shot the photos after service. And then the next morning, brought it back in at 5 a.m. for the breakfast service because it was our only ticket stabber. Really? Wow. So, um, but, but yeah, man, I mean, and, and then, you know, it, it just kind of evolved naturally. You know, I, I, I think I had about $1,600 in the bank and I cashed it out, went to the garment district, uh, bought blank hats, uh, found a pretty good embroiderer in the garment district, and um, they stitched in the tags that I had made about four years earlier. And we made, I think we made a little over or a little under two dozen hats and, um, they sold out in a week. And then I went back and I got four dozen or two dozen hats and so on and so forth. And, you know, I didn't know what I was doing at first, man. It was really, really, really difficult to learn how to manufacture goods. You know, we were working extremely hard, you know, like the first run of shirts, you know, I, I got those shirts uh, in the Upper East Side. Uh, I had to take them to Murray Hill to get the tags sewn in. And then I'd take them to Brooklyn to do the silk screening. And then we'd bring them back to Midtown um, where my wife would fold them all and bag them all. And then we'd ship them from the the um, post office on 23rd Street. Wow. So, I mean, it was a lot of work, man. And But, but at the same time, you know, it resonated with people and, and it grew pretty quickly. I mean, quickly enough that our little, you know, Lexington street, one bedroom apartment in after about four months was just full of true cook stuff. You could have moved through it. And, and that's when we started considering, Hey, maybe we should move back to California, get a larger rental place and try to grow the business. And that that's where I transferred through Hyatt from the on fifth Avenue back to California at the Highlands Inn in Carmel. And we took a larger rental house a uh, big garage and we doubled our inventory and we held that down for about four years before moving to Vegas and ultimately selling true cooks to spiceology last year. Wow. Well, it's impressive. I mean, I've, I've just started, I mean, when I started, I made a shirt and a hat. <laughs> they both say, uh, line cook thought, nation line cook, at line cook thoughts on the back. And, um, you know, I've been selling those and I've been waiting to get more people have, you know, enjoyed, the shirts in it, like been supporting the podcast. So it's been great. I don't know if I ever design anything, um, maybe a couple different colors, but like, I know for me, like while they're saying that story, I'm just thinking like, cause you know, I work and then I do this. Like that whole time you're building this business, like you were working in kitchens and like, it's so crazy. Like that you were able to, yeah. things. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Well, in, in, thank you for that, man. In, in, in New York, you know, I, I did 70, 75 hours a week regularly. Um, and in order to get True Cooks to where it needed to be, I made a conscious decision to stop watching TV, stop going out, stop doing this, stop doing anything fun, whether it's skating or riding my bike or anything. It was just if I wasn't at work, I was working on True Cooks. And, you know, I mean, it sounds hardcore, but I enjoy it. You know, I enjoy all of the connections that we've made. I, I enjoy seeing all of, I mean, we're, we're seven years, eight years deep into this now, man. So, I mean, I've seen cooks at 21 years old in culinary school that didn't know what they were doing to becoming line cooks, pantry cooks, saute cook. Uh, and now sous chef at nice places. So being able to watch, you know, people grow vicariously, it's tremendously satisfying, man, because a lot of these guys' success is my success. It's good to hear. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 
it's so I'm so excited to see where like this is in like a couple of years. Um, but I, like I just it's hard to explain to people, you know, because a lot of cooks and this is what I talk about on my podcast. So, you know, mental health awareness is really big in the industry right now. And I feel like a reason a lot of cooks fall into like being burnt out is because they they work so hard. And then when they get home, they either sleep or, you know, they watch TV and like they don't do anything productive at home. And it's truly like I truly believe and I this is from personal experience that you need to have something you're passionate about. So for me, it's line cook thoughts. Like when I'm home, I have something I can still work mm-hmm. on. And that doesn't put all your eggs into one basket. Like you're not just always focused on work or you have something else building for yourself. And it doesn't have to be like social media. It could be like learning to play guitar or something like that. Like, I think you're a prime example of someone who like was able to turn their free time into more productivity. And I I don't know, has that helped you in a way? Like having a side project when you got home? Well, yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, I'm, I'm complete OCD, you know, ADD. I have to go be doing something, working on something all the time. And it's a real commonality in chefs, uh, successful ones anyway, that artistic people tend to get bored very easily. So, and there's a lot of monotony and there's a lot of repetition in what we do, you know, and, and you can go about your, your tasks and your, your chores, you know, as creatively as you want, but at the end of the day, it's about accuracy and speed. So to be able to have something that you're passionate about outside of the kitchen, it's crucial, man. It's, it's, it's absolutely a hundred percent necessary in order not to lose yeah. your mind. You know, when I was, when I was your age, you know, I would, um, I would skate to the Ritz. I was, let's see, 21. I would have been, I think I was still apprentice at 21. I think at 22, they made me third cook and then things started moving pretty fast for me. But, but I would skate to the Ritz uh, in San Francisco for any of San Francisco area listeners. There's a huge, uh, 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 what do you call it? Like bushes on the side of the building on the California street side. And I would hide my skateboard in those bushes uh, and then walk into the building because if the chef ever caught me skating, I would have got my ass kicked. I I broke my wrist one time and and it affected my ability to work the line. Uh, Even though I worked through it, I didn't take any days off. I I didn't even know I had sick days at the time. Uh, You know, I wasn't, I was in the eyes of the chef, I wasn't allowed to skate. So I had to keep the skating uh, uh, secret from our French executive (laughs) chef. Yeah. That's crazy. It's it's so crazy though. Like this is such like this is why the industry amazes me. That, like it affects your life that much. Like your chef doesn't want you to skate, so you hide your skateboard. You know, like that's like what other industry, you know, really out there. Like most industries, like no one, everyone else would be like, no, I'm skating. Like what? Like what do you mean? Like, but there's something about like kitchens and whatnot that just like amazes me. That like even today we still have that hierarchy. Like of if you have a chef that you really look up to, like they can affect your decision-making and like your views on life a lot. Um. Well, absolutely. And, and that's, and that's where, you know, you kind of separate the, the, the good leaders from the bad leaders. And, and look, man, there's, there's a lot of people out there that are awesome cooks, absolutely awesome cooks, but are fuck 60 hours a week. Believe me, you don't, because if you're really a working chef and you're really doing it right, once you get into your 40s, your mid 40s, dude, like bending down, getting open, you know, whatever it is, like that repetition, that physicality of what we do starts taking its toll. It, it really does. And, and and your body will start falling apart if you don't, you know, take preventative steps. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, that's what I, that's kind of what I've known or been thinking. So I guess. So now, like, like people like me, there's a lot of people out there who are starting their own uh, like, you know, profiles on social media or whatnot. What are your, what's your advice for people who want to start a food-oriented business for cooks? Because I know there's some out there, and there's some that are really successful. And there's so many cooks to – there's so many different niches you could have in the food industry. Like, what's your advice mm-hmm. for a young chef who wants to do more than, like, just cook and maybe wants to start social media or, like, you take your route and, like, start designing T-shirts for cooks or making their own, I guess – content for cooks like what's your advice for them well first off identify your own lane have an original idea 
do something that nobody else is doing. Don't don't do something that somebody else is doing that's successful and think that you're going to have similar success because it's always going to be perceived as a knockoff of the other thing. So find something unique, you know, find something unique and then go hard, mm-hmm. you know, just go as hard as you can, you know, and have faith in your brand, whatever it is. You know, and and you have to work hard at it. The reason why True Cooks is success was successful initially was was a number of things, but I think the biggest factor is is that I worked hard at it, and you know uh, I'm very proud to say we never employed bots, we never bought followers, we never did any of this nonsense that I see today. What we did was I was on that freaking IG engaging, yeah. and you have to engage. If you're not engaging, if you're not talking to other users, if you're not liking other people's uh, content, if you're not actively uh, soliciting uh, comments from people, your page is going to go dead and you don't understand why, you know, I mean, the, the algorithms now for Instagram are all built around paid advertising. And I don't ever want to go down that road because once you go down it, it's very hard to go back again. Mm-hmm. Point point is 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 that my point is is that it's harder than ever right now to get noticed on Instagram because of all of the constant algorithm changes. So my advice is just go hard. Beyond that thing, listen. If 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 you're if you're just scrolling and looking at pictures, you're not using Instagram correctly. If you have a business, you're you're not. You need to go to hashtags. You need to go to True Cooks. You need to go to Chef Life. You need to go to Soigne Foods and you need to go through those things and start engaging with chefs that, that, that serve your purposes, quite frankly. Look, if you've got a hot sauce company out of you know North Carolina, it's probably a waste of your time to be liking Michelin starred, you know, three, three Michelin starred, you know, Nordic uh, presentation shots. That's not your market. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I totally understand. Uh, for me, especially like just like going back to the paid thing, I don't really. The only thing I've paid for is like advertising, like a podcast episode. So like I did the Bourdain tribute, and I ran like a like a twelve dollar ad just because I want people to listen to it. I want to share the message, but like I don't get why people pay for bots and stuff like that. Like you, the whole point of this is to engage with people. I feel like when you pay for like right or whatnot, you're just boosting your own ego with like you know followers and stuff. Like my I have 3000 followers on Instagram. It's, you know, there's I, nice. Congratulations. That's hard. Thank you. I mean, it's like, there's so many pages with so much more out there, but like the community I've grown on mine, like I'm happy with, like I've, I get to chat with people, people like come for advice or they just want to talk and let me know what's going on. I mean, that's more important to me than like, you know, getting 10,000 followers in the next two days. So. No, the message that you're not alone, that's 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 a big one. And that's always been a big one for true cooks. You know, I mean, I back, you know, back in the day, I, I, I would go home, you know, in tears, frustrated, you know, that I had made the same stupid mistake and got yelled at and let the team down, you know, again tonight. And, you know, I really thought I was, you know, the only one in the world, you know, my friends that weren't in the cooking industry uh, didn't understand, you know, how I could take this job so seriously or how I could be so regularly abused or how many hours I put in or yeah, unpaid hours, mind you. Um, they, they just didn't get it. But I knew at the time that I was investing in my future and my future was to be a chef. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, you, you've obviously you're 45 now you've invested a lot of time into building your, not only your career with cooking, but your career with like building this lifestyle brand. What, um, what have you learned about, I guess, creating content for cooks? You know, you don't have to tell me like what, like what people should make, but like, what do you think connects your work with so many cooks? Like, why do you think cooks have so much value from you? Or for what you put man. out? Yeah, that's, that, that's really kind, man. Thank you. You know, I mean, I, I, I do, all of the, you know, the design work, all of the graphics and everything. And, you know, I, I enjoy that stuff. It's and, and, and it's a creative outlet for me, you know, outside of the kitchen. And, and, and that's the piece that I really like. But, you know, I, I think just generally speaking that, you know, what we put out, uh, 
resonates with honesty. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, companies out there. I notice these big umbrella companies that make like generic T-shirts that say, you know, uh, uh, get more pipe, sleep with a plumber, or, or and and but then they they make that shirt for every single um, trade. So they'll make that same shirt that says, you know, get more sausage, sleep with a chef, mm-hmm. get more, lay more pipe, sleep with a electrician or, or whatever, you know, and there are all these really trashy, dirty sh- shirts that are obviously not being made by chefs. Yeah. There's, and, and, and when I walk into a Williams Sonoma, nothing on those shelves really speaks to me as a chef. All of this stuff is things that are manufactured by multi-billion dollar international companies that are trying to appeal to the larger home market than the institutional commercial market. So as a chef, I see our trade taken advantage of and made to look like a fool, whether it's on infomercials, advertising, despicable people and are not the person you want running your business. And it's just the truth of the matter, man. And, and, you know, you have to have a little bit of perspective and a little bit of maturity to, to, to be a good leader. You know, I mean, you, you absolutely have to, you know, and, and I see, you know, particularly with the cooking shows, you know, the cooking competitions on TV, you know, now that we've been doing this for so many years and I've seen so many cycles of people on those shows, what it does is it's really unfair because it takes a, a bunch of people that are in their early mid 20s puts them on TV, gasses them up, makes them think that they're some kind of goddamn celebrity. And then you have profiteers coming in and telling them after the season's over, hey, you came in fourth place on Top Chef. Let's open a restaurant. And they're not prepared to run a business. Mm-hmm. They absolutely are not. I mean, look, man, when I was 21, 22, 23, 24 years old, you couldn't have told me then that I was not mature enough to run a business. But I know now at 45, looking back, that there is absolutely, I mean, I, I, I was a great cook. And, and technically speaking, I was extremely proficient. But I wasn't mature enough to, to lead people and, 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 and to be able to, to, to be a good boss at, at that age. I, I know I wasn't. Yeah. And I don't think most people are. And, or if they're, I, I think you just develop more as you get older. And you, like, at the end of the day, like, experience does matter in cooking. Um, and, and, so how, and, and so that raises the question, and, and this is kind of what my, my battle was when I was your age, is, is that, yes, you're right, experience is everything. And if you have very little experience and you're on the front, of your, front end of your career, how do you gain all of that experience to, again, be able to be somebody that a place wants to hire at a decent salary and you know, be able to provide for your family, et cetera? How do you do that? Well, you put in work, man. Mm-hmm. You, you put in work. And, you know, my, my strategy was my main job is Ritz Carlton. That's, that's, that's where I'm a line cook at. But through that, I was able to get my foot in the door at all the cool restaurants of the time in San Francisco and stage. So, I mean, from 21, 22, 23, I think until the time I was about 24, it was about three or four years. I worked basically two jobs. Okay. 24 7 365 and that gave me the experience to be confident that when i was 25 which was my goal uh i could be sous chef uh, of a dining room at a ritz carlton like not a bullshit sous chef job but like a really good one and um i did that and a year later i was chef de cuisine which was my other goal so you know but i wouldn't have been able to do that with confidence had I just been working my one job, even though it was a great one at the Ritz Carlton, I needed all of that other experience from staging at all of those other countless restaurants over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, staging is important. Getting just being in other kitchens for a little bit is important to see how things are done. Um, I agree. When you're in your early twenties, when you're in your early twenties, you know, um, 80 hours a week is 80 hours a week. I don't care how old you are but you recover quicker from it uh, than you do when you're 30. And you listen, you don't want to be my age and working the five that cut through tin cans 
or, you know, the big floppy Italian hat guy or, you know, whatever. I, I constantly see us being taken advantage of, but very rarely do I see something coming from an honest place that really tells it like it is. And there would be no true cooks without Kitchen Confidential and all of the wonderful work Anthony Bourdain did. There absolutely wouldn't be. And, you know, if there's one long term vision, you know, with True Cooks, for me personally, just totally personally, is, is that this is very much an extension of, of, of the groundwork that he laid and the honesty that, that, that he portrayed our industry in. And, and, and if that resonates with True Cooks followers and fans, then, then we're doing our job right. That's awesome to hear. I mean, I say this on my podcast. He, he was one of the biggest inspirations for me to start a podcast. So um, I have two main inspirations. I have him and then, do you know Gary Vaynerchuk? Uh, yeah, actually, my uh, my co-owner at Spiceology is a huge fan of that guy. Yeah, um, he was the one who kind of... So Anthony Bourdain always made me want to like write about cooking and then and Michael Ruhlman too. And then um, Gary Vaynerchuk was the one who kind of, not gave me permission, but made an idea in my head to make a podcast or Instagram. Um, Good. And my biggest thing has been like, you know, so when Anthony Bourdain died, I mean, I just did this episode where people called in and left voice messages and whatnot. Basically, like, he, to me, was, like, someone who always said something that I could resonate with, even though I wasn't one of, like, I'm not one of, like, the hardcore, I'm not, like, a hardcore cook. Like, I don't go in and, like, I don't know, I'm very, like, to myself, I don't go out much after work at all, really. I'm very, like, just secluded, and I like to, like, go to work, hang out with the cooks, go out to get dinner but i won't be the type of person who's out on a saturday night you know going crazy that's just not who i am and but he he always resonated with me because he included i always felt included with what he did um and i felt like at the time like and like i feel the same with true cooks like at the time you know in culinary school you looked at like people like gordon ramsay or whatnot and like you had to be like this hard-ass chef and like that's i knew that's not who i was and so anthony bourdain always had some something to say that was honest about cooking but also was honest that you know you don't always have to be like this like struggling well, you, cook, you know well you, you mentioned a good point with ramsey and 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 what a lot or what nobody really understands is, is that that's not him man he, he's playing an he's playing an act and the role that he is playing is he, he is impersonating marco pierre white his mentor, Gordon Ramsay's mentor, yeah. at the height of Marco Pierre White's fame in the late 80s, early 90s. Gordon's a teddy bear. He's a very, very generous, very kind man. The act that he puts on is because of Fox television. Mm -hmm. And if you watch uh, Gordon's BBC programs, uh, Food Network Canada programs, he doesn't portray himself like this at all. This is strictly Fox broadcasting, and it's all uh, plays to the lowest common denominator. They want, and I'm not faulting Ramsey. I mean, look, if somebody, you know, backed a semi truck full of hundred dollar bills in my parking, you know, in my driveway, I would probably act like a prick too. But that's not him. Now, yeah. whether or not that's good for our profession or not is a totally another conversation because I don't think it is. I don't either, and well, this is the thing. So, like, even getting away from him, even, like, there's a lot of cooks out there, like, who think, I don't know, who think it's, so, like, cool to be mean in the kitchen, or, like, there's cooks who think, I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of cooks who lead a very unhealthy lifestyles that we've talked about on the pot in this episode, and they think that's what a chef is. And I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to change just a little bit. Like, you don't have to, like, torture your body throughout life in order to enjoy this profession. Like there's going to be so much sacrifice that comes with like missing holidays and birthdays and working when you wanted to go to a concert or you wanted to go see a friend. Like there's going to be so many different things you give up that you don't need to just torture your, your body and mind as well. And I think that's the generation we're starting to come out of, but there's still a lot of cooks that, who feel like that. And I just, I never felt a part of that. And I think that's what Bourdain spoke to me was like taking care. Like, you know, he was someone who had a rough, cooking career but he i feel like he always had a message of like take care of yourself and i think there's a lot more chefs out there saying that and i think that's what your brand kind of shows too is like just you know everything in moderation yeah. everything in moderation you know look i'm i'm, I'm no angel 
And, you know, you say that, you know, going out on Saturday night isn't your thing. Well, when I was your age, going out every single night of the week was my thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that martyrdom of, you know, who can, you know, do the best at the service, who can get their station broken down the fastest, who's going to drink the most beers tonight, who's going to stay out the latest, who's going to come in earliest tomorrow. Dude, that stuff will take its toll on you. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, and for me, it was never like, like, it was never, it, for me, it was just always like, I wanted to do something else. Like, I, I'm very much into reading about cooking and like doing the podcast and stuff. So for me, it never was about like, cause I did, like, I thought less of people that did that. Like, I, you know, if that's what you're thinking, like, if that's how people release, so be it. It just wasn't me, I guess what I was trying to say. And I felt that Anthony Bourdain was able to even speak to me, even though he led that life, he was able to speak to someone who didn't quite lead the life he left, but I still felt a hundred percent every word he said. So. You know, what's cool, what's cool now is, is that society is just so, so different, man. And, and, you know, 20 years ago, you know, you would as a line cook, go out to the bar and get smashed and play pool. If for no other reason, than it allowed you to commiserate with other line cooks. And I remember like we would meet, it wasn't just my group of guys that worked at my restaurant. We, would, we knew the guys from the other restaurant and that restaurant and this restaurant. And yeah. we would all get together and, and, and commiserate and, at the bar. But now society is a little different. You, it's even cooler because you've got this social media thing that doesn't require you to go to a bar to commiserate with people. You can just go to True Cooks and, you know, and commiserate with people without going and getting smashed. And without spending your hard-earned money on a bar tap. True, true. And, you know, I still think, though, there is value in bonding. But I think that's why I like social media is because you're able to find something, like somewhere to, like, go. Like, you're able to find somewhere where people get who you are or you get a message. And I think that's what's so important about what you're creating. Um, one thing I didn't want to touch on is, so you were talking about how, like, for someone who wants to create something, create something, I guess, unique and niche. My biggest yes. worry when starting Line Cook Thoughts was that I was, well, when I wanted to start Instagram, I was going to copy something. And I already knew what True Cooks was. And I remember, like, thinking, and it took me, like, three days to, like, actually understand what I was going to do. And I was like, okay, so there's all there's True Cooks. You're, like, the main person. You're, like, the main hub for cooking culture and design and whatnot. And then there's Sunday Food, who I see as, like, the big page for reposting the work of, like, actual chefs. Mm -hmm. I had mm -hmm. Luis on my podcast before as well. Um, oh, cool, cool. So then I was like, what can I do? That And I really love the people in this industry. Like, I just think it's so – I still think to this day it's so crazy that millions of people spend their entire careers serving others. So I just – I was like, all right, let's – why don't I just make a, a podcast and Instagram focusing on like every cook from someone like you to someone who's just starting out in the industry or starting a new job in their career path. And I so like, I guess that's what I – have created and it's it feels niche to me but i always still have that worry that it looks like i'm trying to copy or take away from a true cooks or a soigne food so i guess i guess what how do you how do you advise people to differentiate differentiate themselves and then also not feel like they're taking away from the people like that they look up to or like the pages or companies they look up to i guess well, well i i i i don't know i mean to, to your point um have you seen Humans of the Kitchen? Mm -hmm. What an awesome page that is! I'm a huge fan. I, I think it's just—I think it's just the coolest thing. But it's probably about 25% exactly identical to what my content was for the first two years of True Cooks. Does that rub me the wrong way? No way, man. I think that that's awesome. And you know, if True Cooks didn't grow as the brand that it is. I would still be doing those thoughtful posts, you know, uh, showing, you know, uh, the cook, you know, like kind of like what exactly what they do. I love it. I'm, I'm a huge fan of that, dude. Yeah, it, it doesn't rub me the wrong way. Now, if you make a company called Cook True and you're making hats and T-shirts, then, yeah, man, you're kind of in my lane. You know, <laughs> you, you, you're kind of in my lane right now. But, um, you know, we're, we're as we grow, you know, we're. You know, these these worries become fewer and far between, you know, I mean, we've we've had a couple of really, really, really good product releases over the past 18 months. 
And we've got some really good stuff coming up over the next 18 months, which is going to further, you know, I think kind of solidify True Cook's reputation as a proper lifestyle brand uh, and, and as well as the social media community, man, you know, uh, but it, it's a constant, it's, it's a constant battle, man, product ideation, manufacturing, the social media piece, and then the mentorship. I mean, I, 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 I had to start my own Instagram last year just to be able to keep up with the DMS because I, I, I sometimes the DMS get pushed so much on the true cooks page that like I, for a long time, I just gave up. I didn't even respond to them. So about 16 months ago, we started, um, after the Spiceology acquisition, we started getting into the DMs and now we, we keep up on all of those. But yeah, I, I literally had to start my own Instagram page, this little shout out Chef Chad Minton, uh, <laughs> uh, just, 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 just to keep up with the messaging. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And um, yeah, like I said, when I start, like I do, I, I feel good about like what I'm doing. Um, but it, I think that's my biggest worry is that cooks will see true cooks and humans in the kitchen and Soignier and, you know, even humble, small line cook thoughts. And they'll be like, damn, how can I add value? And I think just mm-hmm. knowing, just like saying to those cooks, they're like, you have something niche about you. Like you have a different thought process than you or I have just do like put something out there. So, I mean, I, I guess that's what I'm excited about with the industry. And I think you've given a lot of cooks the permission or like the, the, at least the example or the groundwork to prove that, I mean, it's crazy. Like, do you, like, I don't know. Like, do you know how crazy it is that you design shirts for cooks? Like, we're some of the most, like, you know, busy, unfocused people in the world in terms of, like, what's going on in the world. And you have built a brand, a lifestyle brand, that connects with these people who are working 16-hour days. You know, they're in there 70 hours a week. They All they're focused on is progressing and making their career move. And then they take the, whatever little time they have left or in, like, whatever, like, cash they have and, like, buy your shirts and buy your designs and buy into your message. Like that's amazing. Like that's something that I could only dream of like that. Like you it's, it's, ter- it's terribly humbling, man. It's, it's terribly humbling. And, you know, up until about three months ago, I had never had a true cook sighting, uh, in public, like just random. Oh, there's somebody in a true cook shirt. And it started happening pretty regularly now here in Vegas. I've had like three, random sightings of people rocking true cook stuff and it's it's so humbling dude i i can't even tell you you know i i always say that the value of true cooks lies in our community and 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 i mean that you know and and you know i mean i i I don't know what to say man i mean that thank you you know but but yeah i mean that's it's kind of true it's very true you just i know you you seem like you you seem humble you seem like you i don't know i just it's crazy when I th- really think about it, it blows my mind because I know how hard it was. It is like for me to get cooks to message me about Anthony Bourdain was difficult, and right. he's someone millions look up to, and like so you've been able to like breach that whatever you're doing like has worked. So I mean, well, you know, you mentioned humility, and 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 you know, we we do a thing called Secrets of Success, and it's humility, dedication, and sacrifice, and and those three qualities, you know, I really genuinely believe if you audit yourself regularly as a cook, as a chef and say, okay, uh, service last night, was I humble? Yes. Uh, oh, no. Okay. No, I said that thing. That was stupid. You know, uh, did I sacrifice enough? Did I come in early? You know, did, what, how did I sacrifice? Dedicated. Am I dedicated to my trade? What, what does that mean? How does that, how does that differentiate from sacrifice? Well, dedication means that you're doing what you're doing. You're researching our trade. You're, you're, you're looking for staging opportunities. You're looking at ways of bettering yourself. And as long as you have that humility, dedication, sacrifice, you probably should be successful in your cooking career. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, that's the hope for me. So <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah. but audit, audit that, that, that humility all the time though, man. I mean, as chefs, you know, historically, chefs are kind of egomaniacs, and 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 that's kind of an ugly side of cooking that 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 I really don't want any part of personally, or 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 for true cooks. You know, let, let's throw some light on somebody else. You know, other other than you know the guy at the top. Yep, I agree. I know our hour is coming to the end. I have a few more quick questions. Um, talk to me for like a quick minute or two on Spiceology. Uh, how did that come about? 
Why yeah. are you interested in it? Like, I know it's, I've been on Instagram. It's like one of the, you said, I think it's said the number one growing spice company in, in North America. Like, as, talk to me a little bit about it. Yep. As cited by Forbes. Uh, well, Spiceology is a hundred percent chef owned and operated spice company out of Spokane, Washington. We have a 36,000 square foot processing and shipping plant there where um, we grind fresh, pack fresh. We've got over 250 spices, spice blends, and all the molecular stuff. And uh, without question, uh, this was the company that my wife, Tanya, and I wanted to be able to partner with. And, and, and honestly, we shopped True Cooks to several very large companies who will remain nameless and even though they were offering more money, they weren't willing to work with us at a creative level and allow me to continue doing what I do for True Cook. Spiceology was the only one. They were the only chef-owned and operated company that we were dealing with. So it made it very easy from an acquisition standpoint who we were going to go with. And, you know, they've exceeded expectations categorically. You know, it's been a it's been a you know a learning year because you know up until the acquisition, we were shipping, uh, doing all the order fulfillment ourselves, and now they hold all the inventory, and that was kind of a big uh, you know turnover, of course. But you know, we've got our systems in place, and right now, I just want to turn on as many people as possible to Spiceology. You know, so if anybody's listening to this and is interested in you know learning more about Spiceology and how to get the you know the the pc1 periodic table of the element spices in your kitchen just dm me on instagram and i'm happy to assist you you know we've got a lot of great promotions and we've just rolled out a point system for spiceology so for every dollar you spend at spiceology you get 10 percent of that back that you can either attribute to your spiceology account or you can use that to buy true cooks gear annually that's awesome um, anything you want shared on my page, any way I can help, um, let me know. Like, likewise, Ray, likewise. Um, two more questions or two more points of view. Uh, I loved the, was it the chef's office video where you got the award? I know you went on, a, I, I don't remember where the trip was. I know you were going on a trip, so you made a piece of content about going on a trip, which I thought was very cool and itself. Cool way to use your time. I, I don't know. I just, I wanted to give you props for that. I, I really enjoyed the, <laughs> that video. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah. We, that, that was kind of the, 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 the season one cliffhanger ending and we're kind of trying to figure out what we're going to do with this thing for, for the next season. Yeah. I mean, I really hope your YouTube page grows big because I think you have a potential for a lot of great quality videos. Um, my last question, or I guess my last point before, you know, anything else we want to talk about, is I love the eight bit designs. Oh, I want to get the eight bit shirt. I'm like about to go put that in my cart. Um, what new? I guess can you tell me any new designs you have coming out, or any new ideas, or any yeah. new themes that you uh, tell me about? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, generally speaking, th- thanks for the eight bit shout out, man. That was my little baby and my 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 partner in art, uh, Thatcher Hildgris. He's tbh808 on instagram he's the uh he's the head artist at dgk skateboards and he's my collaborator with all of the stuff i do because like i'll draw stuff and and get it to a point of where it's understandable but then he finishes it so um yeah we, we worked on that one together for about a year before it dropped but upcoming we've got um uh duffel bag two or excuse me a uh, uh, knife roll 2.0 it's going to come out here in the next two or three months. It's a variation on the first one. We had a great response on those things. We sold them out. Uh, they've been out for over a year now and no handles have broken off or no knives have fallen out. So <laughs> we're breathing, we're, yeah, we're breathing easy on that. And the feedback's great. I, I, I'm using one myself and it actually, the more you use it, the more it breaks in, the softer it gets, the better, the better it works. Um, but no, we, we've got a ton of stuff, man. We've, we've got, um, a lot of stuff that I can't talk about, um, but we've got, uh, I can say though that we've got uh, releases planned at minimum of two releases a month for the rest of the year. Okay. 
So, awesome. so that's a lot, man. I think last year we did uh, about 30 releases for the year and this year we're slated for about 60. So we're, we're putting out about twice as much stuff this year as we did last. I'm excited to see what happens. Um, great. So this is, I just want to do a couple, like, I guess what inspires you or what you're interested in. So, um, to start, I guess, what's your favorite chef movie or restaurant movie? You know, I, I really like that uh, John Favreau chef film. That 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 that, that was that, that was really well done, and and I love the cast, and and I'm a big fan of him. So I'll definitely say Favreau chef. Okay, and who's a chef you've looked up to um, over the years in terms of not just uh, not just cooking, but also business mindset or business acumen? Well, I mean, I, I've had so many great mentors over the years that, that nobody's ever heard of. You know, my dear friend, Chef Paul Murphy out of San Diego, he was a wonderful mentor. Uh, Chef John Coleman, Chef John Pierre Dupre. Uh, you know, I could shout out people all day, but a, a dude that I've never met that I've always looked up to, uh, obviously, Marco Pierre White. You know, when, when I was, uh, you know, 20, 21 years old, he was uh, the coolest guy in the world to us. I mean, he was a full-blown rock star. Here's the youngest UK chef to ever get three Michelin stars. The youngest ever, or youngest chef ever to get three Michelin stars. First UK chef to get three Michelin stars. And he gives them back and quits, you know, because, because he had realized that all of the sacrifice that he had put in to getting this, to achieving this goal that he thought he always wanted, it ruined him. It ruined his relationships. It ruined his health. It ruined his mental stability. And it was all bullshit. And he gave his stars back. And that was just so honest and, and so noble. And, and that's really one of the reasons why I wanted to put that um, Bob Carlos uh, Clark uh, white heat image of Marco out there to the masses because he is such a cool dude. Like once you read about him and you realize like, like all of the sacrifice, I mean, he worked 14 years without break all day, every day to get to where he wanted to be at. And he achieved what he wanted. And once he found out what it was, that it was all bullshit, he was man enough to walk away from it and not let it define him. Okay. What, um, What's your go-to song during uh, prep? So say your prep, prep is about to end, service is going to start. That one last song you get on the speaker before you go into service, what's your go-to uh, track? Well, there's no radios in the kitchen. I've never allowed radios in the kitchen. Uh, oh, really? No, man. It's the first okay. thing. I, it's the first thing I do is cut the fart off the radio. Uh, but, but, the, but, but, uh, Driving to work, uh, iPod on the way in, uh, definitely 90s New York rap. You know, I think Illmatic by Nas is probably my favorite rap album of all time. Okay. Awesome. I, that's, uh, that's, I, think, I think for me, hip-hop is something that, I mean, uh, sorry, I, I do listen to music in the kitchen. Um, and I think hip-hop for me gets me, I don't know, it's something about the beat or something about just hearing people that are passionate about what they're saying just like gets me going. So I definitely agree with the hip hop and great playlist on, uh, on Spotify. Thank you. That's a work in progress. More, more, more cuts regularly. All right. Last question. Uh, this is what, how I end all my interviews. Uh, now that you've been on the podcast and you've followed the Instagram and whatnot, you are now a part of the line cook nation. I mean, everyone is, but you are, you know, you've been on the podcast. What does it mean for you to be a part of, um, a nation or a group of cooks who just want to share each other's stories, learn more, talk to, you know, people who are very well known in the industry like you, like, what does that mean to be a part of, I guess, talking to a different segment of cooks? Cause you already have such a large following. Well, I think it's tremendously humbling, man. I mean, um, but really what it is, 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 is use me and all of my years and my availability, you know, to your collective benefit. And, you know, if there's anything that I can do, any insights or any thing that I've learned over my career that, that could potentially help you or make you feel, you know, less alone, then reach out, man. Talk to me. I talk back. You know, I feel probably 50 to 100 DMs a day 
between my page and the True Cooks page, and 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 if I don't get back to you, then it's uh, that I miss the DM basically, and you know I I just want you know all of you young guys and ladies listening to this to know that you know it's it's hard now it, it is and and I know it is uh, it's the beginning of your career though and it it will get better uh, in time you know. But the more you sacrifice now and the more you put in on the front end of, the, of your career, the better off you're going to be on the back end. And, and I'm here as a resource. Please use me as that. You know, and, and, and I really get a lot of enjoyment out of seeing other people's success. So let me help you however I can. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chef. Uh, to all Line Cook Nation listeners, if you don't know what True Cooks is, definitely go check it out. He's got great designs, um, but I'm pretty sure almost everyone who's listening to this knows what it is. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on. Um, truly, just I never thought I would be interviewing someone like you six months into this. It means a lot. And yeah, just keep you know keep making the great designs and always support. Well, I'll, I'll always support the the want to connect with cooks. Uh, it, it truly is something special that you're doing for a lot of people. That's what's up, Ray, man. Thank you so much for the opportunity, and I look forward to doing it again. I appreciate all the kind words. Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods market there you have it the interview with chef chadman i hope you all have enjoyed and you know follow true cooks if you don't and um yeah i really hope you enjoyed this podcast and i hope this uh conversation has brought a lot of value thanks